Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, that comes from Philip Stewart of No Compromise Ministries of Deliverance. That is from his latest, from his latest upcoming CD. It's called The Line of Judah. We wanted everybody to get a snippet of what he's recording. Father tongues and those who love it shall have the fruits thereof. So uh, we really 
uh, this topic on today is called dangerous words because we really want to be careful about the words we use um, and how they come across um, um, in, 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 in today's in today's society. Um, we really want to uh, be godly examples in that way, you know, uh, uh, and, and talk to where you know use words where people can receive them, um, and that's and that's our goal um, is to is to really uh, uh, be Christ-like in our in what we say and what we do. And um, so that's the topic of our discussion today, is dangerous words uh, uh, that we use. And we're going to see the positive. In this, I believe we're going to see the, 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 you know, what not to do and what to do in this discussion of what words to use and what words not to use. And that's a blessing because it's, it's a teaching and learning uh, discussion. What we teach and what we also learn. And we also learn what not to do and what to do in this Christian life. And uh, with our words today, that is what we will learn. Uh, what words to, what dangerous words there are and what to avoid and what to, and what to learn uh, from it. So, um, if you have any questions or any um, any uh, questions, comments, uh, just post it in the chat, and uh, we'll we'll be able to see it, and, and you are welcome uh, to respond. Um, and I'll be starting. Uh, uh, today's uh, subheading is just. Uh, this isn't just, as in something being fair. Usually, in a legal sense, justice. This is just in the sense of something being merely. Uh, this is the kind of just that limits what something is. For example, I'm sick, but it's just a cold, or I'm not, or I'm not sick, and it's just allergies. Now, why is the word just so dangerous? Keep in mind that our context is theology, and this word just is often used in religious and theological discussions to dismiss or to oversimplify the positions of others. Now, the word in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. And the examples being about being sick, the word just still dismisses possibilities, but that's not necessarily harmful. If I'm really experiencing allergies rather than being sick with a more serious illness, using the word just can can put people's minds at ease, especially during a pandemic. However, when the word is used to dismiss others' beliefs, concerns, voices, experiences, and narratives, etc., it can be become oppressive and or manipulative. Sometimes it is used in a direct way such as you just don't don't want to accept such and such or you just don't like this idea. Now this is directly call, calls out a specific person and attempts to flatten their position or thoughts into a single idea. Maybe a person doesn't like an idea or has other motivations for opposing the idea or maybe a person doesn't mind the idea at all still has other reasons to oppose it and by using the word just we other times it's used indirectly such as philosophy just makes Christianity more confusing now I call this indirect because the statement doesn't necess necessarily call any anyone out instead indirect statements focus on preventing a broader idea or category from being relevant to the conversation the statement that philosophy makes Christianity more confusing without the word just might be true, but 
but it also leaves room for other impacts of philosophy on Christianity. And by adding the word just to that statement, we imply that there are no other impacts besides confusion. We don't want to be unrealistic about this word. Words are not either good or bad. Context matters. But context matters. When the word just is used to narrow the scope of a conversation or the position of someone else in a way that stifles any real discernment or learning, it becomes oppressive. Direct usage. Oh, a direct usage. Using the examples of direct usage, the word just is being used to dictate what another person is trying to say or what they believe, but it limits the scope of their position down to a single thought or category. Let's consider a real-life example. I was once part of a small Bible study group that was discussing eternal conscience torment. Now some in the group were questioning the conventional understandings of hell as a place where people suffer constantly for an an infinite amount of time. A a dismiss in any such complexities. A person who has components of hell of hell and eternal conscience on a major state. You are just being emotional. Now how many times have y'all had this together? You're just being emotional. I had that sense. You just you just don't like the idea of people suffering in hell. The word just intends to boil down the opposing position to a single issue. How the person feels about eternal conscience torment. This tactic seeks to override any other concerns by overinflating the emotional aspect of the discussion. And the implication is that when strong emotions are involved, all of the person's other arguments are untrustable, unreliable. So I have that. Uh, that fatigue or operating out of a strong emotion, um, my judgment was not in its best, at its best state. Uh, I wasn't thinking necessarily clearly because the emotion I had was I wasn't like worth a certain a certain value, and I was worth to me. It was it was my own personal, my own personal insecure. It was like insecurity, like the emotion of insecurity. I had a strong emotion of insecurity, where I felt like I wasn't valuable. You know, to yeah, my opinion wasn't valuable. You know, what I said was valuable. What I did wasn't necessarily I didn't see it as value because it didn't bring any monetary gain. Not necessarily because it had no value. You know, to me it didn't have any value because it didn't bring any monetary gain. Because every time I viewed value was due to monetary gain. But I, I realized I was just that was just emotional. That that was emotional. Uh, that was emotional to to think like that, you know, and it, and it clouded my it clouded my judgment. Um, it clouded my judgment in a way that, you know, I felt like leaving the ministry that I was in, or that I'm still in to this day. I felt like leaving the ministry at the moment, but you know, overcoming that emotion, it, it helped me, you know, get through, you know, the battle, the battle of of um, of cloudy cloudy judgment overcoming the emotions uh, with the with the power of the Holy Spirit you know, with the power of the Holy Spirit and you know I had to uh, I had to come to grips and confess my faults uh, so that I could so that I could be healed so that I could be transformed so that I could change so 
uh, I, I, that's my experience with uh, with strong emotions. They are untrustworthy. You can't really trust a strong emotion because they will apply your judgment. So, in, in other words, the strong emotions is clouding the person's judgment so much that their arguments can't be Okay, continuing. In other words, the strong emotions are uh, now this. Okay, sorry about that. Now this tactic is used to limit the scope of the discussion so that other arguments presented by the opposition are properly heard. It it squeeches the it squelches the voice of others enough to keep their case from being made. In the example, that simple statement effectively ended the conversation by doing two things. Providing a convenient way to discredit further arguments against eternal conscious torment and providing proponents of eternal conscious torment with a justification for not considering uh, further arguments. Please keep in mind that this post isn't about hell or eternal conscious torment. I'm using that situation as a case study for the word just. Now, for the people questioning eternal conscious torment, the statement indicated that no further arguments would be taken seriously. Non-emotional arguments would be classified as essentially smoke screens for the real emotional argument. And any argument that seemed emotional could be framed as evidence supporting the claim that someone is just emotional. Yeah. So, uh, what, 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 the clouding of judgment reminds me of is Carlton Pierce. His, uh, I think it was his father died or something like that. Was it his father or his grandfather? Somebody in his family had died and because of his emotions, how he felt about the way they died, you know, how they died. He didn't believe in, he didn't believe that a just God would send anyone to hell that didn't have a chance to repent. So that's that's what that reminded me of. And it clouded his judgment and he lost a lot of a lot of the church followers because you know his judgment was clouded based off of that significant other, that significant person is like dying. So, so his, his emotional state clogged his judgment. It, it, and he projected that judgment onto masses of people. So it could be, it could really be dangerous to to be in a position of, of power, of influence and have your judgment clogged and operate out of extreme emotion because then the people that are following you Either they're going to believe the the, the false the false uh, the false judgment, or they're going to walk away. False okay, coming out yeah. of personal tragedy and loss of emotion. Yeah. And some people say they claim supporting the claim that someone is just So therefore, what they're saying is not valid.
just saying I'm sorry all the time and no actual time. That's because you was a person that you have a responsibility to others. The words have a way of cutting somebody. And if you're not willing to take responsibility for your actions, not because this person did something, said something that you didn't agree with or had an idea that you didn't think was a good idea. Y'all remember that study that we had about team players? Team players. You know, as being a good team member. Uh, it's like we were talking last week, we mentioned about Kobe, the late Kobe Bryant, who gets a numerous amount of points in the game, had like 35, 37, 40 points. But yeah, he scored, he scored 81. Yeah, 81 points. And they lost. Oh, man, lose that 81 point game. <laughs> well, I'm talking about on general. Oh, yeah, in yeah. In general, he would score big numbers, but he wasn't passing the ball. As a matter of fact, he was known as a ball hawk. And majority of the time, there was times that, yeah, he pulled it out. And they kind of just made him feel better or, like, you know, show that he could do it. But then they would lose when it got down to getting that range. Because you wasn't you wasn't relying on your team because you didn't think that they knew what they was doing. Yeah. Your your sense of emotion was telling you, I can do it they make Man, it's so man, it went up. Like this just came to me like you can words words like since you're talking about words too is that words can also hurt more than a than a person breaking a bone. Because you can break a bone and go to the hospital and, you know, get patched up and everything like that. And you'll be, it may take something to heal. But words hurt so much that, that a person can carry it for years. Sometimes and years, a lifetime. And sometimes a lifetime. So that's why, you know, it, the words, uh, that 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 uh saying that says you know words can never hurt me that's truly a lie because if words don't hurt a person or words can't hurt a person then a lot of stuff won't be going on a lot of you know childhood trauma a lot of things you know falling out being there even in adulthood even in adulthood disagreements and you know it, it, it wouldn't be that you know people wouldn't be doing things from a place of hurt or a place if you know words didn't hurt. So, um, so I, that just came to me. So I, I just shared that, you know, because uh, we're talking about words, and it's, 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 words are very powerful. So what is the train of thought? Uh, train of thought. Um, uh, for the people supporting eternal conscious torment, the statement can be used as justification by claiming something like, we shouldn't allow our emotions to lead us away from what scripture teaches. There's no need to actually examine scriptural arguments because as the previous point highlighted, we already established that any non-emotional argument is just a smokescreen. That is by flattening, flattening the opposition's arguments into a single issue's emotions, which we then dismiss as invalid. We effectively dismiss all other arguments. There is no need to examine further, so we can just by holding on to a previous assumptions and beliefs. That's what and you were talking about, yeah. Uh, holding on to the fact that, that it dictates how you feel about it. I was just going to say something about um, how you said uh, 
our state. So we shouldn't allow our emotions to lead us away from what scripture teaches. Now, that stood out to me because um, I have allowed my emotions at times to 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 overtake me to where I'm 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 sinning because scripture says be angry and not. So like I was angry at a point where in my life where I I spaz out of my tongue and I I said some hurtful things. You know I've been there. I said some hurtful things to you know to people and um, and it wasn't aligned with scripture and. I would say, I would say to this, like we shouldn't allow our emotions, and I learned that, you know, even the hard way and as well. Um, I like, I like to chime in as well. It's not always what you say exactly, it's how. but it's how you say it, the attitude, the spirit. Because I could say something to somebody and be completely rejected and seen as offensive. Yeah. But you know, Donovan could say something to somebody, you know, the same, the same, use the same wording. It, it, it comes, it's the same message. But the way he comes across the spirit, he's using to come across it. It can be gentle, it can be kind, it can be, uh, it can yeah. be you know, it can be in a way that people can understand instead of, you know, pressing, instead of pressing, you know, instead of pressing them to, to try to force them to get what you're saying, you know, uh, you could try gentleness, you could try kindness, you know, you know, the scripture says that a soft word turns turn to turn turn away wrath. So, you know, you could, you could try saying it more gently instead of, you know, or more humble. Yeah, or, more, yeah. Or, or use more humility, more humbly, and instead of trying to force your your uh, your uh, your words onto people, try to force your opinions onto people, try to force you know somebody to understand what you're going through or understand what you're saying. Instead of doing that, you know, you can say it in a different way. Because I realized that a lot of the times that I've hurt people with my words, it wasn't because of what I said. It was because of the way that I presented it to them. So, so I, I believe that's that's a very important aspect I, as well. I will also say this to uh, about that scripture in Proverbs: "The soft answer turns away wrath." So, soft in the in the Hebrew meaning of that means weak. So, and, and it means and it means uh, uh, like bre uh, uh, breathy, like weak. When you, when you when you do something, it's like weak. It's like you say something like you have no strength. Like when somebody's sick and they're on a on a sick bed and you, and you talk to somebody sick. I don't know if you ever have, but I know I have. And they, they, their voice would be like, uh, like breathy, raspy. Like they can't catch their breath. Like they like can't. Like yes, they something like that. Yeah, they try to talk on the phone to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that could be in the form of, okay, a soft answer turns into a rap. So, like, let's say if you if there's a great argument, the person gets loud and, you know, getting you know crazy and you could just you know and, and i'm practicing this too as i'm giving this example but i'm practicing this but it's like you know um you know look we can look you don't you don't have to get, you don't have to get all loud you don't have to get all crazy you know just, just 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 be calm let's just talk about this man to man let's sit down and let's let's, let's sit down and just get understanding instead of getting loud and crazy but what if they what if they just hop on the road and get loud and crazy <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I was just funny. I'm just saying, but because you got people they, like they, that, they they, they heard they didn't hear nothing else you said. They heard crazy, <laughs> crazy. And that's so real. That's, that's, that's an example. Now, now, even though you were humbly saying, I was saying it, and you were saying, why come you couldn't say there's more than two people in the house? Yeah. Uh, that's that's 
better, that's better look right there. Because you're saying the soft words turn to the bad, the soft words, surely we can communicate on a higher level. On a higher level than this. Right. You know, without raising our voices on the surface. Or calling each other crazy. Yeah, or calling each other crazy. You crazy, yeah, man. But like, you know. What witness are you going to become then? Because now you really? just told the man you're crazy again. Yeah. And, and that's all he heard. Everything else, no matter how. Went out the window. Was, he only heard you call him crazy. That's it. Now, how would you defeat that in the context of you just crazy? Hey, sir, I'm, I, look, I was wrong. I apologize and how I said that. You know, you're not crazy. The example was wrong. But it's all for the discussion. Yeah. For our learning. For our learning. So, so, to the now, this what the brother Donovan just read and went over is just one example of how just can be used yes. to directly manipulate a conversation. Yeah. Now, we all do y'all know what manipulation is? Yes. You can make it go your way. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of kind in control the situation. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of kind when I, I was growing up, that's what they use. Intimidated 
by the idea of philosophy or philosophical discussion, they might be able to use the word just to remove any positive aspects of philosophy as it relates to the current discussion. If philosophy just confuses the topic of religion or the discussion of religion, then it serves no purpose for people who want to be clear. By using the word just, we remove any possibility for versatility. Philosophy can no longer have any other impact except to confuse. Another example of indirect usage, denominations are just false churches, i.e. not truly Christian. As with the eternal conscious torment example, denomination versus denominational versus non-denominational congregations isn't the topic of this post. The point here is that by using the word just to boil down the category of denominations or denominational churches slash congregations to a single idea, we can dismiss any further consideration about individuals, practices, creeds, etc. related to denominational churches. False churches seems pretty obviously bad to most Christians, so no further discussion is really required, but just like with direct usages, indirect usages stifle voices and limit conversations in ways that prevent any real learning or discernment. Yeah. I, I put that in there to see when I, when I was thinking about this, I was going to make it into a post. Post was about what I was experiencing over the last day. So I was trying to figure out how to have a discussion about it, indirectly and directly. And when I came up with this, I was thinking about you know the argument between denominations and non-denominations, and it seemed like if, if you're talking to somebody that has a strong belief in a particular denomination, whether the Church of God in Christ, Christ is sanctified, or Church of God. Church of God in Christ, or uh, Four Square Church, or whatever the denomination is, non-denominational, they don't believe in non-denomination because their sole belief is in the denominational structure of that denomination. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they will argue against anything you say if you say, I don't want to be known as a denomination. By a denomination, I want to be known to as a Christ as a child of Christ, a believer in Christ or a child of God, not any denomination other than that, the biblical description of what we are supposed to be. Denominational churches will cut that argument off. Have y'all ever noticed that? That when we get into conversations about religion and different things, that whoever the leader of that or facilitator of that discussion they would cut you off because they don't want your voice heard. Your opinion heard because nine out of ten times they don't know the answer. That's the reason. They really don't know the answer. And probably too lazy to look up or they just don't really care to look up. Give you the answer that you're searching for. Just because you put the bridge by the government don't mean that you are that's your belief. That comes up when you're talking to people of your age. When you're trying to talk to them about the authenticity of King James. If they're non King James, then 
faithful to the NIV, who changes the words, or take out words that that words about because they don't understand the King words. They take out words. Yeah, but they don't understand the words you the King James words. So we go to another resource, but like you said, they don't cut out the whole paragraph, and you really ain't getting the meaning anyway. The true meaning, the real meaning of what this scripture is saying. And you base your, you base on, you base your theology on that. How could you, how could it not be uh, shut down with no further discussion and voices and limited conversation if we just break it down to my denomination believe this is your name, so I'm going to use the word just to squash the whole conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, now, Phil, can you tell me what the intention versus impact was? Intention versus impact, uh, what is it? Yeah. Uh, so, intention is what you're meaning. You mean you're doing it intentionally, you're doing it on purpose. Doing it on purpose, and it's not even, it doesn't even necessarily have to be for a purpose, but most of the time your intention is for a purpose. You have a, and sometimes your intentions can be hidden, and sometimes they can be exposed. And there's there's hidden intentions and there's exposed intentions. So your intention is what you are meaning to do on, or on purpose for a specific purpose. It, it, sometimes the purpose is known, sometimes it's not. Impact is the force that that is. That is used when you do it is this is impact is what 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 impact you have is like what changes you see what changes you see what uh what um what you're bringing about the impact is what you're what you're bringing about to a certain to a certain situation or circumstance so an intention is what you're doing on purpose the impact is what you're doing for a certain situation or circumstance to change or to uh, or to be influenced by so that's why I would say intentional. Now this point could this point out that people's intentions don't minimize the impact of their actions. Yeah. In my experience, we don't generally intend on a conscious level to discuss or stifle the voices and experience of others. What we use the word just in theological in theological. But that doesn't diminish the impact that it has, and the impact of the word just can conclude the following. Feelings of shame. An example would be claiming someone just needs to trust the scripture, trust in scripture, and claim disagreements as a lack of trust in scripture. Do you think that that impact does happen? That a person becomes a cause of of, uh, of uh, a person being diminished at this point of view being diminished or his, his uh, question being diminished to less than nothing and it impacts him uh, by saying, you know, you just need to follow the scripture and trust in the scripture and believe. Yeah, um, and in a way, that's what a sheep is. 
with us for the sheep is and just follow what the leaders do. Just, just follow what the leaders do. So, in a way, it makes you a sheep to trust in the scripture for exactly what it is to follow it. But at the same time, you know, we are humans. So, we, we, we develop a mind of our own, we develop opinions of our own, and what our opinion of the scripture might mean compared to what this person is saying or what, what that person is saying. And sometimes our opinions of the scripture that we are reading or our interpretation of the scripture doesn't add up with someone else's interpretation of the scripture. So that's where we lose the sheep mentality when our interpretation of the scripture is not the same as, as, as the, the leader or the one who's doing the influencing to impact you. So I would say, you know, we're, we're sheep in the, in the way that if we follow the scripture, you know, to the T, you know, we, we just follow the scripture by what it says. Just follow yeah, we're sheep in that way. But our interpretation of the scripture and someone else's interpretation of the scripture that may be leading us or influencing us and influencing us in a way, uh, it could let us it could make us lose that sheep like mentality because it's, it's conflicting it's conflicting information uh, within within oneself. So do you think they can cause a person to feel some shame? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like an example, claim someone just needs to trust them. Disagree as a lack of trust instinct. Do you think that that happens a lot uh, within the body? Yeah, yeah. Because if you ask like somebody that's supposed to be the leader of 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 the body, so to say, yeah, and they talk to you kind of in a conversating manner, and you feel like they're trying to. Feel some, you feel some kind of shame, like you, you don't really matter what you make say don't matter. And they call you disagree with somebody says, you know, I disagree with that interpretation of what this person said. And because you don't have knowledge of what this person may be coming from, you want to shut them down like they say, we are just trust. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that would be a lack of trust in the scripture more than a lack of trust in the person who's delivering. I would say it would be more of a lack of trust in the facilitator. Like, okay, I don't really trust him. You know what I'm saying? His interpretation. His, yeah, his interpretation. Because he's not even, you know, why would I hear his version of it if he doesn't even want to listen to mine? So, you think this can cause people to feel ashamed when they disagree with or doubt the particular interpretation of reality or Bible scripture or reality? Yeah, I, I do think uh, I do think it can cause people to feel ashamed, and I say that, and I say it can cause people to feel ashamed um, because no one wants to be in disagreement with, with a leader or someone your pastor, your, your pastor. yeah, yes, yeah, someone that's in leadership, you know. Um, so even sometimes when they're in error, they don't want to be in disagreement with with them, and I believe that's why a lot of people follow some people blindly. It's because they don't want to be in disagreement with them, and they don't want to have to go through all of this. But at the same time, you know, somebody has to stand for the truth. And, you know, standing for truth sometimes is the only thing. Like, you're, you're alone in the truth. That's all. So if, if you stand in the truth and you're lonely, you start, you, you tend to feel ashamed. Like, you know, should I have done that? You know, should I disagree with them? You know, everybody's on their side, you know, but did nobody stand up for what, what the truth, what the truth is. 
you know. So so there's this battle. There's this, there's this battle that comes within the within, yeah, within yourself. Like okay, you know, I want to stand for the truth, you know, but nobody is standing with me for the truth. So now I'm ashamed to be in front of people because they all think this person is right, but nobody, you know, wants to wants to either even listen to what I have to say. That would cause y'all to question if you're faithful to who you are now. It depends. It, 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 it definitely depends on what they call them, especially if you're teaching like some really false tracks and things like that. But if, uh, if somebody is teaching false, then you know from your personal perspective that what they're saying is incorrect. Yeah. Or the spirit in which they're saying has the question. Okay. That makes you feel shame, even open even questions. But now everybody is looking at you. I'll see, I'll see that they're like, see, I'll, 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 I'll be like. The question is, would it cause you to question? Yeah, would it cause it? No. It would, it would, it would be like, yeah, help my faith. If they would turn around and say, well, I'm just, you just need to obey the scripture, follow the scripture. And like in his example about sheep, sheep follow the shepherd. Yeah. But then we're also supposed to stand for the truth. And if you're speaking something that's not good for the truth or not the gospel, should I say something because you're my leader or should I just not just sit there and go along and get about it? I, I, I would definitely, uh, the scripture says when it comes to the leader, you treat him as a father. So I, would, I wouldn't do it. You I can't disagree with your father. You can't, but, but in treat him, like I wouldn't disrespect him. But what would, can, different you know, you know, yeah. 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 Like Philip had said, you, you might be explaining something as simple as uh, turning the other cheek. And you're saying that there's something that's out of the study and it doesn't agree with because that's not what that scripture means. Or take a, take a suggestion like uh, uh, you might don't touch my. Same, at the same time, <laughs> uh, at the same time, though, we're 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 a bit more 
mature in the faith. So I would say maybe like a new believer, a newcomer that's just not studying his word. Or one that says you're wrong. Yeah, one that just drove up, you oh, know, yeah, and been saved for about six, six months to a year. A follower yeah. Yeah, definitely what, 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 like a babe in Christ, like it would definitely let make them lose faith if you were a babe. Okay. I can see that. I've, I've seen where, I've seen where people are say, you know, it makes me question if I'm really here from the Holy Ghost now because somebody did preach. Somebody don't agree with you. Does that mean that you're, would that cause you to question whether you heard from God or not just because they didn't agree with you? Would you say that? No, I mean, not if I'm mature. Now, if I'm, now if I'm mature, I should know the difference between, you know, I should know the voice of God at a certain, you know, time. Um, and that shouldn't affect, like, when Pat, like, our pastor, like, she knows the voice, and she has the confidence, she's mature, she has the confidence, so if the person doesn't receive it, um, or, or, or disagrees with it, it, it's just like, you know what I'm saying, it's like, it's off me now, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I, I, I didn't did, yeah, did what God told me to yeah, do, yeah, I didn't you do, know, it. you gonna do it, what you yeah, are doing, that's how you I don't do it, like. what, you, what it's intended to be doing, it ain't been, yeah, you know, I ain't saying? do nothing about that, I done told you, so, you know, if you're saying that what we're saying here is, is that if somebody doesn't receive yeah. what you know that God told you to say, yeah. and if they don't receive, that shouldn't affect you. No, it should not, it should not. You shouldn't have no questions about, unless you're new in Christ. And yeah, if you yeah, knew, if you knew, now, yeah, yeah, if you knew, you, I would like, definitely question <laughs> like, like question your faith at, at the same I'll time you're here, you know, yeah at the same time uh, I don't believe a new a new believer should necessarily be challenging someone who's been faithful a season um, I don't I, I do not believe you should be challenging them I believe you should get into your word you should get rooted and grounded in your faith you know make sure you, you, you you're able to keep the faith before you try to challenge or you intend to disagree with somebody in a public in a public setting. So you're saying have some consistency. Yeah. You think that a first believer, a new believer, or somebody that's got a lot of zeal but not a person knowledge should have some consistency and learn and get given to the word for itself. And then if you do have questions, talk to the leader outside of a group. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that the that the public I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that as, because as a this, the uh Dissension within the group because you put him on blame. So you would say that's disrespect. Yeah. You put your that, leader on blame. Yeah. That would be in uh, front of everybody. Yeah. When you can uh, talk to that. But group. I believe I believe if you know if you know if you know what a that you're saying if you know a but, mature Christian would know how to approach it. Yeah. So a vague Christian might have a learning curve. I would like, like I'm saying, if you know they're saying something like completely heretical or completely out of out of context, out of line with the scripture, like something that's opposing the scripture, then I would say, even if you obey, you need to say something. Yeah. Like if it's literally opposing what the scripture says, 
then you gotta be like, okay, you, look. You think you should you know, go to them first before you voice it in front of others? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll try to believe in that. To give the person a chance to uh, to respond, and if and if you still if they he or she still goes into their rent thinking like you do this or cause this for the family, and you go in and you still don't change it, then you go to this should be then it really should be a because that's the biblical order. It should really be like that. You know, it says go to your brother in Christ. Now, when your brother, you know, what I'm saying, you know, uh, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all can handle it. Then you yeah, go to the hell. Then you go to the hell. Like I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give y'all a real example on here. So my brother Philip right here, amen. So we had another brother who was living with us, amen. Not gonna say no names. Me and him had a disagreement, amen. A disagreement where we, you know, I didn't have no control over my tongue. I said hurtful things. And I was saying hurtful things, and I was, I was, I was, I was using dangerous words. I was, I was raising my voice. I was the loud. I was the extra. My brother right here went to the minister because he already, you know, what I'm saying he. So he already talked to us like, okay, you know, what I'm saying things like that. You know, he already he did that level. He came to us, okay, y'all, y'all need to be, y'all need to, you know, y'all should be, you know, arguing, and you know, if you don't want to open up to you, you don't got to do all that. He did that. Now it kept going on. So you know what he did? He went to the minister and said, "Hey, they upstairs yelling and backlashing and going after each other next." So the minister went up there. So it went to a different level now, and it had to be dealt with. You know, it was a dealt with, and it was talked about and things like that. So I would definitely use that in this context. <laughs> oh, you um, that. There's different first, levels. First, you as the person yeah. should talk to that brother yeah. or person in private. In private. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it. 
that I sent you folks to play, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what more do you want? What more do you want? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I sent you a horse to ride out. Come on, work. You get on the horse. You sit on the horse. I'm getting good to get your same thing. You know, uh, so you ignore them because to entertain them is to entertain them. To entertain what they're saying to you. Even though they may be correct, they can say, well, I'm not going to entertain that spirit because you're not at that level. You're not there. So I can tell you, have you studied or reflected the eternal Um, 
what they think. intentionally try to give my under, undivided attention at times because I knew that void was there and uh, and that void needed that he that that person needed to be heard um and and have I been there um have I been there I, I mean I mean uh Cause I was, I was, I, I was, uh, growing up, I was kind of, I was kind of, I was like growing up, I was kind of, I, I, I would say I was hurt, you know, hurt at time, you know, hurt, probably more than I, never, I had too much attention to basically growing up, so I should have had less of that, but, um, it should be in a balance, but that's what I was saying about that. So, do you feel that there's people that, that feel it's Yeah. So, do you think that can cause 
time, like certain conversations, conversational topics, whether it's Bible, politics, church, uh, systematic racism on the political side, uh, white supremacy and black Black Lives Matter, or clicks within the church membership itself in the church. Do you guys think that implies that those topics are off limits for us to discuss within the time in the biblical context or with the biblical perspective? Because it, it creates division within the church. It depends by make a person feel like they're trapped within their own groups. Clicks. I was never on it, you know. I was never a part of the second group, so. You were part of the second step group? Yeah, I was never a part of the second group. That was isolated from the rest of the church. Oh, okay. Oh, me neither. I, I so you mean, like that one church in the about that everybody was had a Bible study at the church, but they had a Bible study at the home. Oh, right. Or like you got the rich over here, you know, and then you got the, and that's, yeah, it was at a church. So we got a, we got members who have been in churches like that, um, you know, uh, churches like that where the wealthy or the, the middle class is up here and they got the groups in the church. And then below, on top of the platform, below they got this group called, you know, the minorities, yeah. Got it, ain't got a job. Yeah, and they got this got an ex on the back or just cover the drugs or something. Yeah, and they got and they form a clicks and groups when it's supposed to be a family thing, you know, but they don't do that. So do you think that do you think they don't feel free to express themselves or share their perspective without fear or being or
also I would say on that topic too is like you know, since talking about jets, you know, um, I would say like you know some people who are like that, um, and the Lord will visit to them in due time are like they care they they, they care what people think about them, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, you got something like that, some people just they, they just don't care. <laughs> they don't care how other people Cut off any possibility by removing 
even though you hear this minister or you hear this preacher or whoever saying, you know, this is what God designed, I feel like if I'm a, if I know I know the scripture and I'm her brother in the, in the Lord, or you know, and she come to me and be like, oh, this is what the minister said. I feel like, look, you study for yourself. You study that part because to me, I'm not trying to come against your minister, your pastor, whoever said that to you, but that's just kind of, that's just wrong biblically. So I I would try, I would I would try to encourage her to get in the scriptures for but herself you and study. Like God never intended for you to be be or be humanized. Yeah, be humanized. Because if that was the case, if He wanted yeah. us to be be, be humanized, He would have left the uh, He would have left the Hebrew room with the Egypt. Come on, He would have left the Egypt and like, okay, you know that's 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 my that's intention. You know, my intention is for, for you to be. So I'm not gonna say you no more. So yeah, you you're you're not gonna get delivered because that's you know that's that's how I designed I designed it for you to get beaten unfairly. I designed it for you to have to work for a woman. I, you have to cook, you have to clean. But if you don't, and your husband gets mad, you get beat. It's the same. It's the same thing. I mean, if you think about it, it's the same thing as as having a slave. Yeah. I mean, whenever you decide to inflict violence upon them to scare them into doing what you want them to do. That's what you do, like that. Yeah, that's just, it's the same thing. And if God never, if God designed it that way, He wouldn't have brought the Hebrews out of Egypt, you know, to be delivered. You know, what I'm saying, brought them through the rest, brought did miracles, miracles to get them out of there. Okay. Y'all heard the word legalism move? You would go out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you heard leaders being called this. Give you an example now. Tell me what you know. Legalism claiming that we just need to do what the scripture tells us often invalidates different interpretations by implying that someone is in a disagreement isn't doing what scripture tells them if you disagree with that person. Topic. You are in disagreement. And that implication can be the groundwork for a literal or face value interpretation because it says, sing, so you just need to say. You understand? Do what you do to tell you to do. Do what you do to tell you to do. Honest leader is really following Christ. I'll just say, just do exactly what they say to do. So, you know, no. Uh, I mean, I would say, I would say a lot of the times, we take, a lot of the times we take following the scriptures of the team as legalism, but it's, but it's not. It's, it's what holiness entails. It's what holiness requires. You're required to follow God's word if you want to remain holy. Want to remain righteous. How are we going to make it? We're not holy, we're not righteous. We're going to, so you're we don't follow, we don't follow the biblical stuff. Yeah, we don't follow the biblical stuff. We're leaving earth. You know, how are we gonna how are we gonna be holy? But then telling someone if they disagree with that. What then? Like if they disagree with following, following the word? Yeah, if they say uh 
They are in disagreement in doing what the scripture says. It's like you said before, all of us ain't done what the scripture says. Even on the government side. Well, this seems like to me you need to you need to up your prayer game and ask for Christ-like characteristics. That's what it seems like to me. But as as teachers or le- or leaders or ministers, if somebody disagrees with you, do you think they can literally cause an interpretation of you just saying? Like I knew some people in our in one of our uh, church affiliates in Columbus say that the person that was leading you to praise and worship or something like that, and they would get up in your face and say. You better praise God, even if you don't feel. Now, y'all would say that a mature believer should be able to take that. But what about the one that just coming in and just learning about this? The one that just got out of jail, got saved in jail. And you ain't giving them no explanation of why you need to say biblical. No biblical foundation for why it's important that you say. It should be said more. It should be said in the spirit of Jesus. Well, that is an example of legalism. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, but legalism, like, like things like that, it shouldn't be forced upon nobody. But it also should be done in the spirit of gentleness, to where they understand where the person came from. They know everybody else, but this person just got out. He ain't. He ain't got no. He ain't. To really be honest, he he probably don't even got the Holy Ghost yet. You know what I'm saying? Or he don't even got the infilling to even really understand understand or do anything. Or nobody's explained or teaching what's the importance of praise. Okay. Ah, or worship. Okay. Inadequacy. Y'all know what that word means? Inadequacy. Inadequacy. Okay. So if you're instructing someone to just study, Scripture. Remember the word "just." Yes. Just study the scripture. It's similar to the example of legalism. This often implies that someone isn't already doing that. Implies so that they much yeah, which can leave people feeling inadequate for the task. If I just need to study scripture, but I keep understanding it differently than you do. Interpreted differently than you do, than the ministry leadership. Maybe I'm not smart enough to study scripture on my own. I would say, um, I would say that people process information differently. I can read something and I can process it differently than someone else. Now, if if you're if you're processing the, the scripture, is in direct opposition to my processing of the scripture. I could see where the conflict would, would come. But if your processing of the scripture is just a, a tad bit different or just like a tweak or something different than my processing of the scripture, then, you know, I would be like, okay, you know, he understood it this way, I understood it this way. Now, if it was opposing each other, I, I would understand, like, okay, you know, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm tripping on, on the scripture, you know, maybe I'm not studying this the right way. Because if my, if my, because one of our views is wrong if they're opposing each other. Somebody's view is wrong. Somebody's is wrong. If my, if my view of the scripture is opposing your, directly opposing your view of the scripture, then somebody's view is wrong of the scripture. But if, if, 
if you're if you're just processing it a bit different than I am, and this word means this to you, and you know you understood this word for this for years and years, you know, and my my it may not be the exact same wording that I feel like is the interpretation of the scripture, but pretty much it has a general idea of what the scripture is saying. Then I could I could I, I would be like okay, you know, then I'm not tripping, you know. But if it's directly opposed to someone else's, I'd be like okay, somebody's tripping. You know, <laughs> somebody don't know what they talking about. It's either me or it's them that don't know what they talking. About, so you know? you know, I like I, I see in the, in the biblical text where it says, "How can they know if they're not taught, and how can they be taught if they don't have a teacher or a preacher if they don't make translation?" So just telling somebody to study the scripture and go for what you know is legally is a form of legal. I'll, look, this is what I will say. not given in, and the person it's starts feeling like the he don't know how to study scripture. Yeah. You ain't told him about the Greek, the Hebrew, the Latin. Yeah. You the study King James. You didn't, you you didn't, didn't go through it with him. Yeah, you didn't spend no time, time with him. To you give them an understanding of your point of view, of your interpretation of the scripture, from scripture. Yeah. But you're telling him, just go home and read it for yourself. Study it for yourself, like you were saying with the other person yeah. about you study that particular thing, so you will get an understanding that that's not God's design. Yeah, that's not his. Yeah, so, God's design. But how are they gonna know that if you don't point them in the direction? For real, yeah. that's what. That's and what you I'm just say, Bible just study over. You just need to go home and study the scripture. Just, just like that's the that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, what you're talking about is not valid. You're just talking about emotions. What if that person is illiterate? He ain't got what an eighth grade education. He wasn't able to study in school, and you want him to study a 2,000 year old text without explaining methods to do that study. What is Bible study for? To teach you how to study the Bible. Right? So we're not teaching that, and the person would say, start believing that they're not smart enough to study the scripture on their own, and they just put their book down. People have done that too, I know. And just lean on their own understanding. I, I know some folks do that. Yeah, and then just run with what they believe, and then get up to the prairie gates and find out if they were wrong. Whose blood is that on? So, what are we supposed to be doing as teachers and leaders? Exhorting one another. Uh, the reason why I say exhort one another is because exhort in the Greek means, if you can, uh, y'all can look this up, exhort in the Greek means to fall See, to one can, side. You can look up. That's, you can study it for yourself. You can, you, can, you can look it up, but if you don't have the tools or know the Hebrew and Greek, then ask somebody to help you. Um, and and they, they will help you around you. But it, uh, thank you. Exhort in the Greek means to call to one side. So if I'm, if so, if I'm the leader, and you're new in the Lord, or you're just learning how to study the Bible, I should call you to my side, and and teach you and train you the right way of how to divide the truth of what God has given me passed down to you but it should you i should call you to my side i should just be like just go study it for yourself and 
just go. Because I got something else. Yeah, because I got something else to do or something like that. So you, if you, you definitely do not. Have. So you pretty much dehumanize their their pain. Wait. Just kick them to the curb because Bible study. That's hurt. Yeah, you got some kick across preachers like that to teach us. I shouldn't. I mean, to me, that's not right. I'm sure this isn't it. Uh, we could go on and on about different things that's considered legalism and, and inadequate. And some of you might even have your own experience, which I know some of you do, but you are you one of them ones that just don't want to ask, either because you don't want to know or because you don't, you can't receive from the person. Mine is, 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 the chat, it didn't hit participants. The open chat, it didn't participants. Shalom, family. Shalom, family. Shalom. Oh. Oh, they said shalom, family. That's shalom. one of the Jewish people. Li- liberation. Saying hello. Liberation. Hello, how, you, how y'all doing? Hello, God bless you. Shalom to you, too. God bless. Now, so, uh, I know if you had any of these experiences within yourself, the just, just go do this. Just go. Just go study it for yourself. Uh, you may begin to recognize what what I like to call a spirit of just, mm. because I've experienced it over these last four or five days. I had just this, too. just that. I've even said to myself, "That's just the way they want to feel." Amen. It is what it is. Now, the spirit of just, here's an example of an spirit of just that just coincidentally happened while I was pondering this this discussion or post that I was going to do. I hadn't made up my mind which one. Was I going to just post it and start a discussion about it or just share it, you know, share what I was thinking on on social media. When someone someone in one of my groups made this statement to me, and this was their response, faith is not a virtue. It's cheating, a way to believe something because you want to. And theology is the study of nothing. Since God's, God, God's plural, do not exist. It's the study of human desire to remain as a child in adulthood. In adulthood, the need for an adult to still have. This was amazing when they said this, which prompted me to to make it into a discussion on the talk cast. Uh, a parent. A parent. God is an imaginary surrogate parent. 
Notice that the person is attempting to flatten the entire category of theology into a single negative description, childless. Like we're making up this God so we can have a parent that we really didn't have in our lives. So we want to be adult children and go to our father that doesn't even really exist. He's just an imaginary figure that you you come up with, like an imaginary friend in some of them sci-fi horror stuff you be living in. I wonder if the hell is going to be imaginary for him too. So the commentary real. also flattens the faith into a single negative description. Cheating. Saying that we are cheating cheating in we go into this imaginary frame so we don't have to deal with the experiences of our life. That's what I that's what I mean by the spirit of just. Even without using the word, there's a sense of finality that ignores any possibility that a person's faith or theology is grounded in something other than just the person's expectations or commentary. Uh, commenter's expectation. It's precisely the spirit of just that I'm hoping we can avoid. Because language is fluid and complex. Words are not either good or bad because context matters. Context matters. Still, I believe that so far as we are able, we should avoid using the word just as a way of reducing entire conversation and categories. Somebody just pulled up. That's your buddy, Philip, from yesterday. Ideas and groups of people, beliefs, or narratives to a single, easy, dismissible, oh, that's Kevin, dismissible description. I look like a woman. Oh. Go see. Also, I hope that more mindful we become for our use of the word just, the more mindful we'll be when the spirit of just, certainly hubris, is present in other parts of the language. All right, sorry. Is Jimmy Who? Jimmy? Jimmy. Talking about elder Oh. No, he's out of town. Oh. Family business. Okay. What, what can I help you with? Uh, Mike, that's my car, the red one over there. I just got the title from Diane. I hadn't talked to Jimmy, so I was just no rush. Okay. Is Caddy still helping him out a little? Uh, he hasn't been here. Can oh. I leave my name and number? Yes, Please? that's what I was just from there. Okay, thank you. Uh, and I'll, when I talk to him later this evening, I'll get him the call. Okay, awesome. Thank He's you. He's out of town on family business. He went home. I know his mom has. Yeah, he's still dealing with that. Oh, wow. Bless his and I'm just watching the lot in case somebody like yourself come by. Jimmy's a good, good guy. What is my number? Uh, okay, 720-9526. And how do I pronounce name? Robin. Robin. Yes, sir. I will tell you. You'll know me. And I'm Tony. Tony, hi, Tony. That old dusty red car over there is mine. Okay, I will let him it know. It a year to get the title. I don't know what's going on at the DMV. Well, with the COVID thing, they're behind for one thing. You think? And they they lost a lot of employees.
So excuse me, we had a excuse me, we had a, a brief moment of, of lapse. Somebody had came into the lot. Amen. We thank y'all. Uh, basically, what we want us to do is is kind of watch our our word usage because some of the words we're using that we think is simple is just dangerous to be using. When we use the words to dehumanize, disenfranchise, or call, put down other people's beliefs, other people's faith, other people's uh, opinions, or ideas, we're just diminishing that person to, to less than nothing. And that is not how Christ did it the one that we say we follow, nor is that how God uh, God designed it. Be careful of listening to people without getting a clearer understanding. Be care, be careful of how we we deal with people. We say things to people that can cause them harm in their spirits, in their emotions, or anything else. Because a person could be in their 60s and you could still say something because they grew up with a different value system that can cause them harm in their emotions, cause their emotional spirits to get to a point where they just don't care about your opinion, which then you put them in the position to be no, no better than you. Uh, when we fail to see our brothers and sisters as equal, Uh, all striving to get to the same place. Hopefully that's heaven. Hopefully that you believe that's where, you, where it is. That heaven is real, as they say in one movie. But to a point where we can be civil again towards each other. And given room to let a person believe what he wants to believe. Because we have no heaven to hell to put them. But when it comes to speaking the truth, whether you speak the truth, if you speak the truth, don't be ashamed to speak what you believe either. And don't let people just marginalize you, demarginalize you to just dust. Just, just, you know, you just believe that because he's an imaginary God. And don't get me wrong, I understand that. How can we believe in something someone we've never seen follow a person we never met about a place we ain't never been that's faith people. we believe by faith that there's got to be something greater than us here and and see and the messiah said he said blessed are those who have not seen me and believe so that's so that's something that is encouraging, you know, should be encouraging to us. Bless are those who have not seen me and believe. So, uh, if we're closing out with that. Y'all have a good one. Head. We want to thank Elder James Shoecraft uh, of Second Chance Auto Sales for allowing us to use this facility to hold these conversations. We'd like to thank him. And if y'all in need of a little, of a, of a good car, pre-owned car, Look up Second Chance Auto and give him a call. And as for Brother Philip, when is your debut single coming out? It'll, it'll be out soon. 
because you're you're still working on some things to yep, get it. Still working on a couple of things. It should be out. It should be out pretty soon. And you're gonna make announcements for it. Yeah. Well, please let us know so we can let the listeners and people that follow us know when it's out there so we can support you. People, he he writes good biblical lyrics in his song, and it takes him a while because he wants to make sure that it's biblically accurate in what he's saying. So I think that if if y'all interested in in listening to some real good music ministry music that can get you out of if you don't feel like the regular praise and worship songs do it or you got a problem against rap songs get his brother's uh music a listen and you might have a change of heart because i guarantee you that it will minister to you if you have ears to hear what the spirit is saying through his music. We thank y'all for joining us. Shalom to our Jewish friends. And we Shalom. will be we will Shalom. be back here same time next week. We had to cancel one of the this morning's group because of technical errors on the other end. But we want to thank y'all for for sticking with us and join us again next week. Y'all have a blessed day. May the Lord keep your family, help you keep your family safe and you be safe so you can help others be safe as well. Have a good day. Amen. 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 With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.